Good morning and happy Mother's Day. My name is Danielle and I serve on the Joy Kids team. Whether you're joining us from your home, boat, or car in the parking lot, we're glad you're here. Today we will have a time of worship with the band and Pastor Brian will be kicking off our brand new series, Cooped Up. We will also have a special feature about our initiative, Feed Our Community. Thank you for spending part of your Mother's Day with us.
Hey, thanks for joining us with our service today. We're so glad you're here. My name's Pastor Tim. I'm one of the associates here at Joy Christian Center. And, you know, a little later in the service today, Pastor Brian's going to be leading us in receiving communion together. For those of you who are out in the parking lot, uh, they're going to be safely distributing cups for you. But perhaps you're at home in another location and, <clears throat> and you're wondering, what do I do? Well, take whatever you have on hand, whatever's available for you. You might have bread or crackers or, or juice or water, whatever you want to use as elements. You do that. And you might say, well, uh, does, does it matter? You, you know, you know, when we do that, I want you to know it matters not only to, to you as a person, but it matters to Jesus as well. In fact, He's the one that, that really blesses the elements in our hands, whatever it might be. He's the one that looks down on us and blesses what we have in our hands because it's received to His glory. He told us to do that in remembrance of Him. And as we recognize that today and receive together, we're, we're really uh, showing the symbols in our hands to, to represent the blood and body of Jesus Christ who died for us, who, who gave His body, who was beaten uh, for us. And, and if we realize that when we do that, we're doing what he told us to do in remembrance of him, why wouldn't he bless it? Of course he blesses it. So you take whatever you have on hand and you have those things prepared and when we receive, we'll all receive together a little later in the service. You know, and, 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 and thinking of something that blesses God, one of the other things that really blesses and pleases God is when we give. There's a verse in the Bible that I like to share and it's, it's in Psalm 35, 27, and it says, let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant, has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. I like that. You know, the, the COVID-19 has changed a lot of things, even how we give at church. Uh, for some people, it's a brand new experience to give online or to text giving. And, and the ways that we give, the, the things that we're about, you know, it, there's many ways to give. But when we get right down to it, it's the gift we bring and the heart we give with that matters before the Lord. He's pleased when we're prospering and he's pleased when we're blessed, but he's also pleased when we give uh, back to his work. And, you know, whether you're, you're giving from your wages or whether you're giving from a stimulus check or maybe a tax return or even maybe perhaps it's a, a birthday card grandma sent, whatever portion you give from that, you can depend on God to be faithful because he has not changed when his response uh, or how he responds to us. You know, he always blesses. He'll open the windows of heaven and pour out blessings for us when we do it with the right heart, a cheerful heart and faith as we do so. So take your gifts as, as we pray over today and just expect God to bless them. Father, we thank you so much for, and, and for the generosity of the people here at Joy Christian Center and, and what they do. And for others, Lord, that aren't even uh, attending the church here, but Father, they're giving because they believe in your work and what we're accomplishing here. So Father, we thank you. We ask you to multiply your blessings back into that household. And Lord, we, we thank you for watching over the families during this time and, and for your hand of protection and love and, and guidance and direction being with them always. And, and Father, we thank you so much for what we are able to do at Joy Christian Center as a result of the faithfulness of the givings. Thank you for blessing Joy of the church here and the local church body. Lord, we give you honor for that today. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. You know, and another thing that uh, we need to remember also is the fact that, there, that the way that we give is important to God. And, uh, and, and because that, that our hearts are turned toward the Lord and doing His work, one of the great things we have been able to do lately is to help in the feeding of our local community. God bless you for your gifts. Hi, I'm Sophia with Manea's Meats, and we here have been doing a free lunch for the community here for about the last two months now. We started this because we did hear back in March when the COVID first came out and the schools shut down, 
Um, we wanted to provide a free lunch for the children in our community. Once um, those children were taken care of by their school district, we actually turned our attention towards those in our community that were elderly, as well as high risk um, for contracting COVID-19. Um, and we've been providing that free baked lunch, which includes um, a free sandwich. It has a bag of chips and a bottle of water, and that gets delivered on a daily basis. And a big delivery that we have is to the Russell Arms Apartments, which is directly behind Manea's Meats and they're not able to come out of their apartment due to the fact that they are high risk. Every day we do have about 15 sandwiches delivered to them and then another um, three or four delivered to other members in our community that do need them. Sophia, when we first heard about what uh, you guys were doing here at Manea Meats uh, and being a blessing to the community, we knew kind of right away we wanted to be a part of it. One of the things that for me that I really, really appreciate what you're doing is that you're helping people right in the community here and that's a part of what we as a church have wanted to do for nearly 30 years. We call ourselves a family church teaching people to reach their world and uh, we want to make a difference right here in central Minnesota that God has planted us in and that's really what uh, has drawn us to you and uh, it's really my pleasure to, to represent Joy Christian Center today and present a check uh, to you. Uh, it's for $3,000, wow. which will help you, you guys do about a thousand meals to yeah. help underprivileged people right here in central Minnesota. So thank you for what you're doing and yes, God bless you thank as you, you keep doing what you're doing. Yes, thank you very much. I would shake your hand if I could, but practicing that social distancing will do an there elbow. Thank there you there very much. You bet. We here at Manea's do appreciate that very much. It will extend us um, further into, we're looking at about another at least two months being able to give out another on average about 20 sandwich, um, sandwich meals a day. Others within the community also have been donating to help this cause and continue to help the ones in our community that really need it. That's a really big part of your church and that's part of our philosophy here at Manea's too is we are a family owned business and we like to keep that family feel in the community. Yeah. So. Well thank you, that's yeah. awesome. We realize how much this has been helping those in our community that need it and it's been the biggest surprise for us is just realizing how many members in our community need the help and the fact that we're able to provide that help um, really touches our hearts. Happy Mother's Day, Joy, and uh, welcome to those of you that are watching from home. Thank you for the opportunity to join you for a few moments this morning, and especially those of you that are in the parking lot today, thank you so much for coming out. Why don't you wave at someone or give them a great big thumbs up or a big air hug. You haven't seen them for a while, and big smile like that would be awesome. You know, today's really a different Mother's Day than many that we've celebrated in the past. Uh, as you're aware, the coronavirus has changed so much of what we do. It's changed how we live, how... Uh, how we move around, how we shop, how we eat, and, and really even how we celebrate. I think that perhaps a lot of families are a little bit confused as to really how they're going to navigate today because most of the restaurants are closed and the question of the day really might be, who in the world's going to cook? <laughs> you know, a lot of us have ended up in church because of our moms. We thought that today would be a good day to maybe for us to return the favor and to celebrate with this Bring Mom to Church Sunday. I also want to just take a moment and say thank you to all of the incredible Dream Teamers that are out in our parking lot today uh, making today's service happen and I thought too I should give a shout out to those that have been really behind the scenes that have been making our services happen for the last eight or nine weeks and actually this is our ninth service, our ninth week like this which just boggles my thinking that I didn't think we would ever have to be doing this this long and, and to be honest we've been practicing patience, we've been taking baby steps, uh, every week we're trying to get better and better 
better at what we do. So if you're in the parking lot, why don't you take a second, honk your horn uh, in appreciation of all of our great Dream Teamers and those that have been making these services happen. Uh, thank you again. Um, as you can see, we're starting a new series that I'm calling Cooped Up, and it's got the subtitle, uh, uh, Growing Love While Sheltering in place. And I think that we get the idea of really what it means to be cooped up. It might bring to mind some place that's too small for us, or the feeling of being confined, confined, or we have no freedom to move around. Uh, the dictionary gives us this definition of what it means to be cooped up. It says, if you're cooped up, if you're cooped up somewhere, you're in a small closed space from which you cannot escape or you feel as if you are. And, and this quarantine, this sheltering in place, those of you that get to do that, perhaps you've felt that way. Uh, it also gives us these couple of definitions. It says this, he is cooped up in a cramped cell with 10 other inmates. Maybe if you're homeschooling, you might feel like your couple of kids have become 10 children. Uh, uh, another says this, the children were cranky after being cooped up in the house all day. A lot, of, a lot of families are experiencing those things, and we probably understand what being cooped up uh, feels like. We understand that being cooped up might be an incubator to grow a lot of different things, but growing love probably isn't one of the things that we think about. In fact, you might be thinking that a message on thou shalt not kill would be far more appropriate or maybe it's patience or kindness you know it's like stop touching each other can't you just be nice for one day and yet kindness and patience are two of the ways that the bible says that the love of god is lived out and practiced in our lives now i think that some of our trouble really is that we're kind of confused as to what love is uh, and, and if you're confused as to what love is then you will literally spend your life looking for love in all the wrong places uh, and, and maybe to add to the confusion, look at how we use the word love. We'll say, I love my new phone. I love pizza. I just love puppies. Or, oh, my grandma is so sweet. I just love her. And then you might be tempted to say, and I love you so much that I'm going to commit the rest of my life to you. Now, I'm pretty sure that there's no young woman that wants to hear, I love you just like I love my grandma. And when it comes to really the rest of our lives together, I, I really hope that we're building on something that's stronger than just the latest, greatest phone, because that's part of the problem. Sometimes that phone that we just had to have, the phone that we, we love to show off when we first got it gets replaced by a newer model simply because it's got a better camera or a longer battery life. And while that might be a little bit funny or light, we're also a little bit afraid of love because we know that loving or being in love has caused a lot of people hurt and pain. And, and many have ever given up on finding love or, or really want nothing to do with it at all. And so let me first tell you that the problem is not love. The problem is we don't understand what love is. And as we've said before, if you learn it wrong, you're going to live it wrong. So if we're going to grow love while we're cooped up or sheltering in place, then we better have a really good understanding of what love is. And this world offers to us a very cheap counterfeit that we would maybe uh, identify as conditional love. And basically it says, I will love you if, if you make me feel good. I, I will love you if you're happy. And, you know, I've got this list and I'm going to love you if you check all the boxes or I might even be satisfied if you check most of the boxes. And, and that might make sense when it's us, when we're looking at someone else. 
But we also know that sometimes it's not a lot of fun to be on the other side of that list when it's our lives that are on the list and we're the one that are ha- that's having to live up to the boxes and, and making sure we're checking the boxes. And, you know, none of this would be so bad. But then we hear this when we come to church, God loves you. And if all that we've ever known or experienced is conditional love, then it might not be such a great day for us because eventually somebody is going to start to give you a checklist about what God does like, what God doesn't like, what He expects, what He doesn't expect. And if love is something that is given and received based on a performance or based on conditions, then we're going to be in trouble. And, and that brings me really to the point today in the nation of Israel. We read these words in Isaiah chapter 29 and verse 13. The first part of it says, Therefore the Lord said, Inasmuch as these people draw near to me with their mouths and honor me with their lips, but have removed their hearts far from me. Israel had found themselves in a place and God identified this place as as their hearts were far from them. And this verse comes across very negatively. Sometimes it is used by preachers to condemn people. And and certainly there are times in our our lives that our hearts are far from God. There's, There's times that if we're really being honest that we're just going through the motions of Christianity. But I think we should ask a different question. Why is it that these people's hearts were far from God? What caused that? What caused their hearts to drift from them? And he gives us the answer. He says, their fear towards me is taught by the commandment of men. Their fear towards me is taught by the commandments of men. Why is it that these people's hearts were far from God? It wasn't because they were horrible people. It wasn't because they were faithless people. People's hearts were far from God because they were hearing wrong things about God. And again, if you learn it wrong, you're going to live it wrong. God was being misrepresented to the nation of Israel. Other translations say these things. The worship that they give me, the worship that they give me is is nothing but human rules that they have memorized. Another translation gives the idea they teach nothing but human rules that they themselves have been taught. And so let me ask you a question that I think you probably already know the answer to, but what does religion teach happens to people whose hearts are far from God? When you've been to church, when you've experienced things, what has, has been communicated to you about people who drift away from God? You know, there are certainly a lot of things that we could probably come up with. And I think we would all agree that there's a pretty good chance that nothing good is going to happen to that person. And, and certainly there's some truth to that because when our hearts are far from God, then we can't hear His voice. We don't hear that little tink, tink, tink of the Holy Spirit alerting us to trouble, trying to guide us into truth and trying to lead us in the ways that we should go. Now, here's why all of this is important. And I think that you really need to know this. God is a heart God. God is more concerned with your heart than He is with anything else. And so here's what God says He's going to do to the people whose hearts are far from Him or who have drifted from Him. He goes on in verse 14 and He says this, Therefore, behold, I will again do a marvelous work among this people, a marvelous work and a wonder, for the wisdom of their wise men shall perish and the understanding of their prudent men shall be hidden. I find this really, really amazing. He says, I'm going to do a marvelous work among this people. Wait a second. God, you're going to do a marvelous work among those whose hearts are far from you? Instead of punishing them, you're going to do something wonderful? God, that, that just does not seem fair. It, it doesn't seem right. And, and I, I believe, church, that with all of my heart, 
God always wants to do a marvelous work among us. He wants to show His grace, mercy, and love towards us. And see, our problem's not God. And our problem really isn't love. Instead, what we really have is a focus problem. We focus on what we've done, not on what God has done. And if the devil can make you feel guilty or ashamed because of your past, then he's going to keep you in bondage to that past. And you will never experience the true life and freedom that's available to you even right now. You know, in just a little bit, we're going to be receiving communion. And I want to finish perhaps with this thought. In 1 John chapter 4 and verse 15, we read these words, that whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, and that's really what we would consider the new birth, that you make Jesus the Lord of your life. That's what it means to confess Jesus as the Son of God. Notice the result, that God abides or lives in Him, and He, the person that believes, He uh, lives and abides in God. And what a wonderful place that is, that, 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 that would be. And then verse 16 says this. It says, we've known and believed the love that God has for us. We've known and believed. We've known and believed. We've known and believed the love that God has for us. And that's the problem. Because we've learned love wrong, and again, uh, thinking that we've got to live up to God's love, we've got to earn God's love, we find it almost impossible to believe that God really could love us at all. And, and I think this is our main weakness. We're not convinced that God loves us, and so we end up trying to earn it. We're still trying to deserve it. We're, st- we're still trying to be good enough because we think that God's love is like human love, that it's conditional, that it's based on us and not on Him. But John goes on and he finishes out verse 16. God is love. And he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. God is love. And that's really the answer to what is love. Love's not a what. It's not a thing. It's not an emotion or a feeling. Love is a person whose name is God. But because the world had no idea of what love is, and because they had drifted farther and farther from God, and, and as they drifted from God, they drifted from His love because God is love. So God sent His Son Jesus to show us what God's love was like. Jesus told Philip in John chapter 14 that if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And I think he was saying that if, when you saw me heal, you saw the Father. When you saw how he responded to the woman at the, at the well, you really saw the Father in action. When, when you saw me give mercy to the, uh, uh, to the woman that was caught in adultery, you really saw the Father's heart in motion towards other people. You see, Jesus showed us how God responds to people that were lost, how God responds to people that had no reason to hope, those who were, uh, who were told that they, they would never ever be able to measure up or be worthy of the love of God. And you see, the communion elements really give us the best answer to what love truly is. We recognize the communion elements as the cup and the bread, but it's really a, an example of a demonstration in a sense, that God gave to us to understand what love really is. We read in Romans chapter 5 and verse 8 that God demonstrated His His own love towards us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. When we were still sinners, when we were still unworthy, when we were still unlovely, before we ever did anything to deserve or measure up to God's love, God demonstrated His love to us by the sacrifice of His Son, Jesus. It's the cup and the bread that remind us of of, of this. His body was broken. 
so that ours could be made well and his blood was shed so that we could be made right with him. And so I'm going to ask you today, just right where you are, whether you're in the parking lot with one of these cups to prepare yourself, your heart and your communion elements, if you're at home to, to, to gather those elements and let's receive together. I want to take a moment. We'll pray over the bread. We'll pray over the cup and just receive where we are. So Heavenly Father, right now, we thank you for this great demonstration of love. And, and as one together, even though we're separated, even though we're, we're far apart and scattered in one sense, we thank you that we're one by the Spirit of God. And so, Lord, we thank you for the bread that represents the broken body, and we receive that today in the name of Jesus. Just go ahead and receive that bread. And Father, we thank you for the cup today because it represents the blood of Jesus that was shed for us. And I thank you, Heavenly Father, that in that demonstration of love for us, that that blood not just covered over sin, but it totally removed that which was standing between you and us. And so, Lord, together as one, we receive this cup just as we've received forgiveness. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Father, for the great love that you have for us. Uh, before we finish up today, I just I, I want to uh, really just mention one other thing and uh, perhaps give you some things to follow up on. Again, looking at, at uh, Romans chapter 5, that God demonstrated His love towards us while we were still sinners. Before we ever did anything good, when our hearts were far from God, what was God's response? God's response wasn't to kick us out. It wasn't to tell us to get straightened up and then come back to Him. His response was He gave. In fact, He gave the very best. We know from John 3 that it says, it, For God loved this world so much that He gave His only begotten Son. And what I find amazing about that is that God gave without any guarantee that you or I would ever respond. It was love that compelled Him to give when our hearts were far from Him. Why in the world would we ever think that in light of this, that God would stop loving us when we fall short, especially now that we're His children. And for those of you who don't know what that means to be a child of God, or maybe you've never, as we say, and we believe it's in the Bible, that, that you must be born again is what Jesus said in John chapter 3. I want to give you the opportunity to respond to this great love that God has given today. I believe that God wants to do something marvelous. He wants to do something wonderful in your life. And, and actually, He wants to give you a brand new life. It's what the Bible calls the new birth or being born again. And so if you're ready to make Jesus the Lord of your life, or if you, you want to, in a sense, commit and, uh, your life to Christ in this way and receive that great love, I'd love to uh, ask you to take a moment and just pray this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you today. I believe that Jesus died for me. And that blood that he shed cleanses me from all sin. I receive Jesus today as my Lord and my Savior. And Father, I thank you for these that have prayed this prayer. I believe, Father, that you're beginning a good work in them and that you will complete it in them as well. Thank you so much. Uh, you know, for those of you that perhaps prayed this prayer, uh, if you're watching online, there's a link that you can click, a button that you can click, whether you would need prayer or you responded to Jesus. Uh, as you're comfortable, we'd love to follow up with you. Uh, you can email us. You can call the church. You can kind of hang online there, and somebody will be there to pray with you or to talk to you, uh, uh, whatever it is. But we're here to help you with your next steps. 
So God bless you, Joy Christian Center. Again, thank you for being with us. On your way out of the parking lot, please follow the directions of those uh, that are out there giving you direction. Honk at someone, tell them you love them, or wave at them, and have a great week, and we'll see you next week. Come let this space.